Hi, it's Randall Craig, and we're going to talk about rebranding and ask whether, in fact, there's a rebranding recipe that people can use. So have you ever wondered why an organization's rebrand maybe doesn't seem particularly right? That maybe they missed something along the way. A bad rebrand can mean that at best that the expected benefits aren't delivered and at worst the brand is ridiculed in the market. And there's no shortage of these flubs. Here are two of them. The American Sci-Fi, S-C-I-F-I, the American Sci-Fi Cable Channel renamed themselves at one point to Sci-Fi, S-Y-F-Y, presumably to appeal more widely. Unbeknownst to them, Sci-Fi is a British street slang for syphilis, which definitely does not have much appeal. Or here's another. When Houston Oil and Internorth merged, they chose the name Enteron. This name was quickly discarded as it was discovered to be the anatomical name for intestines. They then shortened it to Enron, which, well, later went bankrupt after the discovering of accounting regularities. Um, <laughs> maybe they should have kept the name Enteron. Anyway, so what does a successful rebranding recipe look like? Here's our approach boiled down to 10 practical steps. The first is the rebranding scope. Is it to change the name or change the logo and visual identity? Refresh the logo and visual identity? Completely change the brand positioning? Change the underlying attitudes and organizational culture? Depending on the initial scope, and the scope might change after the discovery audit and competitive analysis, the investment and the time required can vary significantly. The second is a discovery audit. To determine where you want to go, a realistic, a realistic assessment of your current brand is critical. Using surveys and focus groups and interviews, you need to really ask three questions. What are the current brand attributes in the eyes of future target prospects and clients um, and members? What are the current attributes in the eyes of staff? And what future brand attributes are important by key audience? The third step is the competitive analysis. What brand attributes are critical in the market and how are competitors positioned? For example, assuming that the critical dimensions are price, expertise, and trust. Imagine a 3D graph with each on an axis. Where is each competitor in this space? And where are you? And is there a spot that is unoccupied that you might want? The fourth step is a positioning statement, brand promise, and personas. These define the core attributes of the brand uh, for, each, for each persona. And a persona, if you're not familiar, are representational descriptions of each key audience. Looking at the brand through the eyes of each persona puts meat on the brand skeleton and allows an exploration of how the brand might be executed. The fifth step is validation. This means testing the positioning statement and the brand promise internally and externally. It can be as robust as national market research by persona or as simple as an informal discussion with key audiences. The sixth step is name discovery and research. If a name change is involved in the rebranding, this is the process that converts the positioning statement and the promise into potential name candidates. The seventh step is validation. The names must be tested for meaning in different languages and cultures and geographies. There also needs to be checks for existing domain names and trademarks, copyrights, and Google. When there are several name options, you should ask the focus groups to rate each option against the desired brand attributes. Finally, the eighth step is the logo and visual identity. 
This begins the process of transforming the brand from words into its visual representation. The ninth step is validation. Oftentimes there are several visual identity and logo alternatives. Use focus groups to rate each option against the desired brand attributes. And number 10 is the production of collateral. This includes the production of business cards and stationery and signage and PowerPoint and Word templates, the website, social media, and, and the whole bit. A rebranding process is only half done if it stops, though, at the production of the collateral. The brand itself must be launched. The rebranding opportunity must also be used to lock in other changes, both in attitude and behavior. This can be accomplished in many ways. <laughs> Here we go, the list of 10. A launch event, a PR event, an advertising campaign, employee training, uh, new perks or policy changes, internal town halls, a management shuffle, new management metrics, improved internal communications, and new business processes. Now, does a rebranding effort need to have all 10 of these steps? No. The effort accordion is up or down based on a number of factors including the business criticality, timeline and de deadlines, budget, and management priorities. Recognize, however, that your risk increases dramatically as less effort is spent. Sci-fi, anyone? So here's my challenge. Strong brands get stronger because they approach branding strategically, not opportunistically. This week, use the rebranding process as a checklist. Which activity, discovery audit, competitive analysis, new collateral, etc., can best strengthen your existing brand? And here's an insight. Of the 10 rebranding steps, notice that a full half of them are external validation. This ensures that the brand's market relevance and impact. And of the 10 launch activities, seven of them are internal. Only if your brand is strong on the inside will it be strong on the outside. And another insight. While brand standards are critical for consistency, locked in stone branding can become brittle and break. The best brands have some built-in flex. I'm Randall Craig. I hope this got you thinking. And if it resonates, let me know why. And if I can help, reach out at www.randallcraig.com.